my name is Kimberly Olson, also known as the Gold Digger Girl. I'm a best-selling author, speaker, online marketer, and branding coach on a mission to inspire you to get lit in your business and set your soul on fire. Join us as we dive into the gold dating strategies that are working today for those actively building in the trenches and growing a personal brand on social media. Welcome back to another episode of The Gold Digger Girl. I'm so excited because I have special guest, Kendra Swalls on today. I hope I said your last name right, girlfriend. And she is going to blow your mind with what we're going to talk about today. So thank you for being on, girl. Thank you. And yes, you did say it correctly. Good Good job. (laughs) It it looks like how it sounds, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm so excited. So is your podcast She Means Business? Girl means business. Girl means business. So y'all yes. listening, this is Kendra, the owner, the creator of Girl Means Business podcast. And so we've been able to meet each other, get to know each other. We're both here in Texas, which is kind of fun. And we were just talking a little bit about email marketing. And I thought, you know what? My audience is really needing some help and direction in this. They all want to do it, but they're really just like, how do I get started? So we're going to focus on that today. But since a lot of them have never, potentially have never heard of you or met you before, I would love for you to share a bit about yourself, how you got into entrepreneurship and you're a mompreneur as well. So yeah, absolutely. So um, my journey actually started, I was an elementary school teacher. That was always my plan. Growing up, I was the kid who would like line up my stuffed animals and play (laughs) school. And uh, so I just always knew like teaching was kind of in my family. I come from a family of teachers and educators and coaches and all that. So it's just what I grew up like thinking that's my path. So I went to school, got my degree in education, got a master's degree in curriculum. I had this whole like roadmap planned out of the path I was going to take in my career. I wanted to go into being a curriculum coordinator and creating content for teachers to use in the classroom. And along the way, um, my husband, who we were just dating at the time, he had all these hobbies. So like when we, before we got married and had kids on the weekends, he was always outdoors, like fishing or hunting or playing basketball with friends, or he had just had all these things he was doing. And I was like, I don't really have like a hobby. I don't have anything outside of my job that I really enjoy doing. And he was the one who was like, well, you, you like taking pictures. So why don't you learn more about photography? So I was like, okay, that could be fun. He bought me my first digital camera, my first DSLR, and I sort of dove into, you know, with being a teacher, I had like, you know, summers off and holiday breaks. And so I would use all that extra time to learn how to use my camera. And at the time I was, I mean, like my poor, I had a little Shih Tzu dog and that dog, I have so many pictures of him because that was like, (laughs) he, he was older and he would just kind of lay there. And so I took all these, that's how I learned how to take pictures. (laughs) So fabulous. The perfect model. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I had pictures of like <laughs> wine bottles and I mean, anything that would like not move. Not move. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like just sit there and I'll take your picture. Um, so I learned and I started kind of diving into taking pictures of like just our family and people that we knew. And then word got around at the school I worked at. And so I would do family photos for people and it just evolved from there. And I was like, you know what, this might be a way to make a little extra money and pay for our wedding and all these other things. And then it just sort of grew from there even more. And once we started a family, I was always the, the girl who was like, I don't know that I want to be a stay-at-home mom. I, I like having a career. I like being around adults. But then once that baby comes along <laughs> and oh, yeah. I was like, everything. okay, well, I'm going to eat the words I said because <laughs> I don't want to go back. 
but I knew I had to build my business up. So over the next couple of years, um, I really started like just going as hard as I could on the nights and the weekends. I found myself spending more time planning photo shoots than I was planning my lesson plans. I was using my conference period at school to edit photos and send emails. I mean, like every little piece of time I had during my day was devoted to my business. And I really fell in love with the business side of business. Like photography was fun. I enjoyed the creative outlet, but I really was intrigued by the business aspect of it. You know, how can I make this bigger and better and how can I reach more people and how can I connect with people? And then our second daughter came along. So I have two girls that they're four and eight. And when my second one came along, I was like, okay, I didn't get to stay home with my oldest because she was already in pre-K. And I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. And I gave myself one year and I said, I'm going to make this work. And by the end of that year, when my contract for the next year came to my desk, I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't sign this. I walked into my principal's office and it was crazy because it was the best school I'd ever worked at. I had my dream job. I was a curriculum coordinator and a math specialist for this really amazing small district where we live. I loved the school. I loved the kids. I loved the principal. I loved the, I mean, everything about it on paper was my dream job, but there was something that was not being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And so I went into my principal's office in tears and she was like, if you ever need to come back, no matter where I am, you have a job with me. Aww. And I, of course I even cried even more. I was and like, even, probably made it worse. <laughs> oh my God. I was, like, oh, I was like, I couldn't even get words out. Um, <laughs> But I was like, you know, and I told my husband, I said, I just need, give me the next year to see what I can do with this. And if we are living off of, you know, rice and beans, then, or ramen noodle, then we will, I will go back. I always can go back. And once I had the time to dedicate to my business and I, it just exploded. It took off. I, I got to enjoy having my little one at home and being able to be part of my oldest daughter's, you know, school year and go on field trips and do all those things. And it was just that life I'd always envisioned having. It wasn't as easy as I thought it would be because, you know, working at home with a young child is never easy. It's tricky. Yeah, it is. But in that process, a lot of the photographer and entrepreneur friends I had made along the way were asking me, how did you do it? How did you, like, we want to quit our jobs. We want to do these things that you're doing. How did you do it? And so I started doing like little mentor sessions and I would host little workshops and groups for local women here. And from that, I was like, okay, I'm going to start this blog where I will write about these things. And I quickly realized like writing is not, it doesn't come easy to me. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I naturally just can, the words don't flow. But when I start talking to somebody, it's like this magical thing happens and things come out of me that I'm like, I didn't even realize I knew that. Like, <laughs> it's like divine intervention. So that's when the idea of the podcast came along. I was like, okay, well, if blogging is not, if that feels too forced, mm -hmm. this feels easy, then this is the path I want to take. So I started the Girl Means Business website and podcast, and I've built it into kind of a resource for women to go and, and learn about how to start a business and how to find, you know, kind of all these resources in one place. Cause when I was doing it, it was me piecing together sort of this Frankenstein version of a business oh, because I was fine. There was no place that had like all the things in one place. And so my goal is to have a place where women can come and not feel overwhelmed, but have the information they need 
and hear it from myself and from other amazing women like yourself, you, you're on my show as well. So like having people who are experts at something else come in and share their expertise. And um, it's been amazing. I absolutely love it. Um, and I get to meet incredible people through doing interviews and through the people that I've met that have listened to the show. Uh, it's kind of funny, and I'm sure you have had this happen before, but a lot of times when you're just sitting in your office talking into a microphone, you don't think about who's listening to it. Mm-mm. And I was out, this was obviously before COVID happened, but I was at a networking event and this lady came up to me and she was so sweet and, her, and she was like so nervous. She was like, I heard your voice and I just, I recognized your voice. And I knew it was you. <laughs> she was like, I've listened to all your episodes. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. This you is know, brand new for me. Weird. It's very weird. Or if they say they yeah. binge listen, like on a road yes. trip. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. I hope I did. I hope I said everything. Okay. Yeah. Right. I hope it wasn't boring. <laughs> yeah. You have a really so, good yeah. voice. You know oh, what I mean? Like you. you speak clearly. It's not too, cause I talk really fast, which is fine. But like you have a, you have a, almost that like pillow talk. Like, I don't know. I just oh. really like your voice. Like you're supposed Thank to be you. doing podcasts. Yeah. You know, we never like our own voices. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I learned this when I first started podcasting. Cause I was like, no, like I hate the way I sound. Yeah. My parents, this is sweet as they are. So they lived in the same house that we lived in since I was 10 up until a couple years ago, they moved up closer to be near their grandbabies. But for the longest time, they still had my voice on their answering machine from when I was like 16. And so I would call the house and I would hear my own voice come up. And I was like, oh, I hate this. And so when I started podcasting, people told me one time, they were like, well, there's something about our, the way our ears work that we don't hear our voice the same way other people hear it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. So I've had a lot of people say like, oh, I love listening to your voice. I'm like, I'm just going to take your word for it. Cause I don't hear what you hear, but that's okay. Yeah. We'll go with it. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you, you started your podcast. And when did you start it? So it's been a year in April. So about a, a, not quite a year and a half. Okay. That's awesome. And you were very consistent. You know, I saw how often you're releasing your, your episodes and you have a really nice, it's like a library, you know, you can go mm-hmm. in and browse. And for me, like when I pick a topic to listen to, I like to listen to them in the shower. I only wash my hair like once a week. So I'm like, I'm going to also learn something. Yeah. But like I'll browse and be like, Oh, I need that right now. And I think mm-hmm. you have like a nice mix of everything. So well, thank you. that's amazing. And you had said this about kind of that clunky start to the business. So you wanted to offer those resources. So I think it'd be really neat to talk about that because a lot of the girls that listen to me, they're starting to understand you can't just build on Facebook. You can't just build on Instagram. You just can't. What if I, I had a friend who had a paid 1800 people in her Facebook group and it was shut down with no reason and gone. Like yep. it's not even like she could figure out who those people were. So it's not to scare you guys listening, but it's to help you be smart marketers and entrepreneurs. And a lot of you are network marketing, direct sales. And I think sometimes we think, oh, well, that's what I do. That's a glorified sales rep. That's not who you are. You're all business owners. So I would love to save some of the heartache from them and talk to them about getting started with email marketing. So to kick it off, can you share with us kind of, cause a lot of them have, don't even have an email list. Mm-hmm. What it is, what does it mean? Email marketing, what it is and why you think it's so important. Yeah. So what you said is exactly what got me started in email marketing was I was listening to probably a podcast somewhere. And they even <laughs> said they, they started off with like, what would you do if your social media went away tomorrow? And it, it hit me like a ton of bricks that I was putting all of this effort energy into 
my Facebook and my Instagram and LinkedIn and all, and all these things. And I have no control over that. It's, it all belongs to Mark Zuckerberg mostly. And <laughs> if he decided tomorrow that he was shutting it all down, or I think there was a, at one point there was like Instagram shut down for a day and everybody freaked out. Yeah, and I was like, I that. yeah, like what happens if that happens again? You know? So I started getting into email marketing. And so basically what email marketing is, is it's, it's not necessarily having like a Gmail account where you send out emails to your family and friends. You're using an email marketing platform such as MailChimp. Um, I use Flowdesk. I know like Kajabi's another one, ConvertKit. There's a ton of them out there. You have to find kind of what one fits you. And you collect emails and you have a direct path to their inbox. So if you think about like I think I read a stat one time, like 76% of adults, the, one of the first things they do in the morning is check their email, whether it's meant to, or like we just grab our phones and we check our email on our Facebook. That's kind of the, the way things go. I know that's what I do in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. if you can be one of those people in their inbox, then you have direct access to them as opposed to posting on social media where you're kind of hoping the algorithm works in your favor this you have again like you know you're going to show up in their inbox and you know that they're either going to make the choice to see it delete it or whatever they do with it um but at least they're making that choice and facebook or instagram isn't making that choice for them and so i for me email marketing is a way to kind of take a lot of times i take the content i'm sharing on social media and i just put it into email format and we can kind of go a little more into that when we get sort of through the steps of how to do that but one of the biggest issues I hear a lot of people say is like, well, I don't know what to say to people. And so it's, it's building those relationships. I always say that if you, if social media, if it's the relationship with your client is like a dating relationship, well, social media is like the party where you meet them at. And then <laughs> the email is like the, the coffee date where you go one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. because you can make emails feel very personal. You can, you know, ask them to respond to you and start a conversation I just feel like it becomes a little more personalized where social media just kind of feels like you're all at this sort of networking event or this big party where you're making small talk. And yeah. so that's one of the reasons I've really enjoyed getting kind of diving into email marketing. I love that. So for those that are new, so what I've basically taught them, I mean, all of them have a customer list of emails at least. But as far as like true prospects, I would say some of them have been collecting emails from a Facebook group. We talked about that on your episode mm -hmm. and they've all, for the most part, have implemented that. But if they're just starting out and they don't have a list built, what would be like those first steps to get started? Should they come up with a lead magnet to start building the list? Or do you say, no, stop and let's think about your strategy, like frequency or what kind of relationship are you going to be for them in their email when they open up that, that email from you? What would you say for getting started? So I always love to start with a, a lead magnet because I like to, and this is just sort of my, my business style in general is I'm a, like, let's just jump in and figure it out as we go. Mm -hmm. So I, I think a lot of people get stuck in that planning phase and they think, oh, I have to have it all figured out before I start. I have to be, I have to have the next 20 steps figured out. Well, just start building your list. You don't, even if you don't do anything with your list, I do. What's funny is, so I have a, an automated, like I have several emails that get automated out and I can kind of walk through how I do that, but it's usually like a five to six email sequence. Well, I don't, it's not me. It's automated. So a lot of times I will get people responding to an email and I'm like, okay, wait, which, which email was the responding to? <laughs> Read it real but quick. It, 
Yeah. But, but even when I send out my weekly emails, a lot of times I will say like hit reply and let me know. And it's, there's something about that phrase hit reply. That's like this invitation. It's, it's like, Oh yeah. yeah, you want, like, I forgot that I can do that. It's true it, that you're a real crazy. person. Yeah. 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 Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. It makes people really feel like it's personalized to them. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but there are some times where, so I'm a huge Jasmine Starr fan. I absolutely adore her. I love her. I love her. Yeah, I've learned a lot and her. I have followed her since back in her like wedding photography days. And so when she started like social curator and I joined that and I follow her on social media and I have sent her direct messages a couple of times on Instagram and she's been, she's messaged me back and we've had these conversations it's been really great well then i'll get her emails which in my head i know are email list emails yeah but there's times i'm like wait is this one just for me like is this the time she emails just me yeah yeah and there's something i know again it goes that personal factor of like there's something about email that feels so personal that if you word it correctly and you and you phrase it correctly it can feel like you've just sent it to that one person and so when you add in that little line at the bottom, it's like, hey, just hit reply and let's continue the conversation or, hey, hit reply and let me know what you thought about X, Y, and Z. It does, for whatever reason, it kind of opens up this doorway for them to walk through and go, okay, let's start a conversation. That's so that's cute. one of the things I try to do in all of my emails is just that little invitation to let them know, no, this is a two-way conversation. This is not just me talking at you. It's us talking back and forth. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is, is it shows you care. You're not mm-hmm. just sending the email to get something from it. You're like, no, I want to know, like, I care about you. And people, mm-hmm. the biggest thing is that people need to feel seen. Like they just mm-hmm. don't feel seen. And so if there's this one person that shows up in their inbox, I mean, the loyalty you can build through your email list when you're phrasing things like that and opening up that conversation, even if they don't take you up on it, they still feel like you cared enough to say, yeah, why back? I'll answer you back. I mean, who does that anymore? Sometimes even I uh, submitted something for Silva, Sylvan Learning Center. You, mm-hmm. They have a chain. I think it was Monday. It was Thursday now haven't heard back from them. Like, it's just wow. so not to say anything about someone because I've heard great things, but they're busy right now. You know, things are going on with oh, yeah. the pandemic, <laughs> but like, it's common where you don't hear back, you know? So the fact that like, wow, a real person on the other end actually cares. I mean, that's huge. So yes. we get started with it. We do the lead magnet. I love Flowdesk by the way. So if you guys are just getting started, I use ConvertKit now, but I teach off Flowdesk. There's these awesome gorgeous templates. It feeds your Instagram into the bottom, but they have landing pages that are already like awesome. So you can just put your stuff in and then you're off and running. You don't even need a website. So you start with your lead magnet. You've got that one, at least one, um, automatic email sending to them to welcome them, tell them a bit about yourself, all of that. And then how do they actually develop an email marketing strategy? So from the lead magnet, we, I'm guessing you would say to have like a several part email sequence that goes out. Yes. So what I do is I have, I think it's about five to six emails and it it can vary depending on sort of what you do and how you want to segment this out. So with mine, with my photography business, so someone opts into my email list, the first email they get is just kind of me welcoming them. It's very short and sweet. It's nothing. I don't really want to send in this whole long, like my history and my story. I just want to say, Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. I know that, um, you know, you, don't give out your email address easily. So I I feel honored that you've decided to share it with me. And I just kind of introduced myself like a little bit, just a couple of little fun facts about me. 
And then the second email, I'm going to tell them a little bit more about sort of who I am and what I do in my business. And depending on if you have different aspects of your business. So like, let's say as a photographer, maybe you offer family sessions and you also do high school seniors and you also do like newborn and maternity. Then maybe you have three emails that go out in your sequence where you talk a little bit about each type of photography that you do. Or if you have different products that you offer, you can kind of share those. And then I like to end the sequence with sort of the next steps. Like here's what you can expect from me. You know, I'm not going to bombard you with emails twice a day, every day. You're going to get one email a week from me. I'm going to be sharing tips with you. I'm going to be sharing advice with you. Yes, you are part of my VIP list now. So you will get access to special offers and discounts before anybody else. But I also want you to know that this is a two-way street. We are, I don't want all my emails to just be me talking to you. I just kind of set up the expectation of what I expect from them and what they can expect from me. And that's where I do. I let them know. I'm like, if you ever need anything or you ever have questions, I'm a simply, I'm a hit reply button away from a conversation with you. And I, I make that very clear because I want them to know, you know, you, yeah. it's kind of, again, going back to my time in the classroom, the first week of school is all setting expectations. And so I kind of implement that into my business as well as I try to let my audience know, here's what I'm promising you. And here's what I'm asking for you from you in return. Yeah. So that's, that's sort of I, the sequence. And that's really kind of what we talked about when we were talking about um, having like your ideal avatar was a podcast episode we just, we had done for years, but you are clear on your expectations and you're communicating that, which is surprising to people because most people will send out an email and it's just a one-off. It's kind of fragmented and there's no direction to it. So they're sort of like, well, what do I do with this? said like that one-way street of talking at them. Mm -hmm. So not only are you doing the reply and inviting them, but I love that you're setting up the expectations because that is that posture, that confidence of like, I know what I'm going to deliver to you. And people go, mm -hmm. awesome. Like they like that. They like to know yeah. that you're going to help them. And what does that look like for them? I think you're, you're way likelier to have them opening them. You're having them reading them and less people unsubscribing. Like, I love that strategy. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, you know, again, it goes a long way if, because so many people these days are sending out emails just wanting you to, to do something, buy something, click here, do that. If you're coming across as like, I'm just here to have a conversation with you, people are gonna be like, oh, wait, you don't need anything from me? <laughs> like, you're not asking me for something? I'm like, no, I just want to have a conversation. And that's kind of how I approach a lot of my emails is like, we're just here to have a conversation. And every once in a while, like, I will share with you, like, I, we've been having this conversation and we've been talking about X, Y, Z, and here's how I can help you with that. If you want more information, click here or go to this blog post or respond to this email and let's talk more about, you know, working together or whatever it might be. But if you're constantly bombarding them with, you know, buy this, buy this, buy this, then they're going to start like immediately deleting your emails because they already know what to expect inside. You know, like I, I'm sure a lot of people have this too, but like I subscribe to a lot of shopping websites. And so when you go in, a little pop-up comes up, save 10% if you enter your email address and who doesn't want to save 10%. So, yeah, do it. so I'm on all these email lists and I pay attention now more than ever to the emails I get. Like I used to just mindlessly go through and delete, 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 you know, or whatever. But now I pay attention to what the emails are because I'm looking for things like, okay, well, do they have a subject line that catches my attention? And if they do, this is kind of getting a lot, a little bit of a side note, but I have folders. So like in my Gmail account, I created folders and I have ones that are, um, 
like subject line ideas. And so if an email comes through and it's a really great subject line that really gets my interest, I'm like, oh, that was a really great way of wording that. I save it into that folder. I save mine too. Do you? Yes, I must be like an email marketing nerd thing. I yes. love that because then I can go back and I'm like, ooh, and of course I don't copy yeah. it. But it's like enough to like come up with my own. I, I always It just do that sparks your idea. Yes, but yeah. you like notice how you react. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole thing of a lot of this is sort of taking a second to say, well, what have you enjoyed when people have emailed mm-hmm. you? Like what turned off, turned you off? What turned you on? What pulled you in? And it sounds like you're like really observant of that. It's really good. Yeah. And I think I found that's one of the biggest things with running a business is I've just become more aware of different things in the world around me. And instead of just mindlessly doing things, I now pay attention to how I react as a consumer and so I have the folder for subject lines. I have another one that's like really great content. If it's something mm-hmm. that like, if I open an email, like Amy Porterfield's really great at having yes. really great content emails. And so I'll save those. Um, and that way it's just kind of a way for when I'm sitting down each week and creating my content for my emails, I'm like, okay, well, I'm struggling with the subject line. How can I make this something that people are going to, I can go back to that folder and be like, oh yeah, that one they use. I can kind of use that same idea of asking a question, or I can use that same idea of whatever it is they did that caught my interest because ultimately our ideal clients are going to be similar to us in some ways. And so if it interests us, it's going to interest them as well. Um, And so I think that's always a great kind of idea is to don't just mindlessly go through your emails, like really pay attention to who you subscribe to that you notice, what you like about them, what you don't like about them. You know, I, I unsubscribe from the gap because every morning I would get up and have like four emails from the gap that was like 40% off Buy this. Here's our sale. I'm like, um, how many sales can you have in a year? In one day. It's one email. Yes. Yeah, it's one. Yeah. In one day. It's ridiculous. And yeah. visually it was overwhelming. And so I was like, okay, I don't want to do that. Um, and you know, you talked about like Flowdesk and I know ConvertKit's the same way they have all these really great templates. I personally prefer just a basic like text mm-hmm. email with maybe a button at the bottom. Yeah. Um, but they, there are some that I've done where if it is like announcing a big new product or a sale or something like that, I will kind of do a more of a flashy template. But I personally, if for making connections, I prefer just have like a plain text email um with like maybe a graphic signature or something simple at the bottom if you want to add in like you said your instagram feed the bottom or whatever yeah, that you can I do think that, that was really cute i think i learned that from jasmine she's like we've mm-hmm. tested and we found the less graphics the better and so all of ours are just text now and it's easier to write them because then i, mm-hmm. I don't write as many now myself i used to write all of them and it's easier just to say okay what am i trying to portray here and just write it and figure out what links i need Versus like, okay, I need to design a graphic. It's like, it yep. just becomes this big thing. So beyond the, so you'll have a sequence and I believe you have something that can help them with that. Beyond the yep. sequence that they'll do for that opt-in, what do you recommend for them? Oh, cause they'll say, well, I don't send out weekly. Lack mm-hmm. of consistency is probably the biggest thing I'm seeing with my students is no offense students, but like the thing that you struggle with is yeah. uh, for those listening is I don't know what to send every week. Like, I don't know how to come up with like a consistent strategy. So for me personally, we just do uh, reminders of when I'm going live. Um, we do a, a recap every Friday of all the content out on social media because they always are like, I want it in one place. So that's, I'm just repurposing what I have on social mm-hmm. media in an email. Like that's it. So what, what do you recommend for ongoing? So I, I like to have structure. Like I, I need to have like a, 
this week we do this and th- I do the same thing on social media. It's like on social media, I like to have like Mondays, I talk about this and Tuesday, cause that's just how my brain works. And so I look at each month as I do one email a week and each week I have a different kind of something I'm covering. So like what week one, it might be, I'll go back into my archives of like a blog post I shared or a resource that I have or a free something or other. And I will talk about that. And then maybe week two is more like personal, like here's a pain point that I know I'm struggling with that my audience is struggling with. And it's just almost like just a, an open letter to my audience. You know, it's nothing really, I'm not asking them to do anything other than like maybe hit reply and talk to me about it. Um, week three is usually when I kind of mention one of my paid products. So I might talk about like booking a session or with the podcast, you know, listen to the, to, or go check out this free download or this product that I have or whatever. Here's a list of the podcast episodes we had in the past couple of weeks. And then the fourth week is something kind of fun. So it might be like, I like the idea of, um, like you said, you kind of do like a recap. So for me, it might be like, Hey, here are, you know, five people I follow on Instagram that are really great at mindset. And the cool thing about doing that is then I can then tell those people on Instagram, Hey, I'm putting you in my email list. that's going out. Um, I would love it if you would like maybe share this with your audience so that they can then get on my email list and see, you know, whatever. And a lot of times it kind of, like you mentioned, you like to collaborate with a lot of people. Like I, I do it kind of that way. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to shout you out of my emails. I would love for you to do the same for me. Or if there's another way, if you want to share my information as well. And so it doesn't have to be anything. And again, I, I don't love long drawn out emails. So I like kind of short and sweet and to the point. So it doesn't have to be this novel that you write every week. It can be, like you said, something as simple as, hey, here are, you know, the top pins that I found on Pinterest that I love, or here's the people I'm following on Instagram right now that I think are really great inspirations for whatever it is that fits in with your brand. Um, It could be just telling a story. Oh my gosh, I love like the ones that tell a story and talking about something that's happened to you and getting a little bit personal. Like, I think that's one of the things I like about email even more than social media is I do get somewhat personal on social media, but I go way more in depth on an email because it does feel more intimate and it's not being shown to the entire world. It's more like just me emailing a good friend. And so I'll talk about things like struggles that I've been having with the quarantine, having two kids at home or the struggle with, you know, what to do about going back to school or the struggle with trying to run a business while, you know, dealing with all the things going on and just opening up things like that, even though it seems like, well, who's going to want to hear that? Well, your audience is, you'd be surprised. Um, And like you said, repurposing, if it's something I've talked about on Instagram or Facebook or in one of my groups, I repurpose it into an email because it's not always the same audience in both places. That's so true. And I feel like we think that everyone sees every single thing we do because it's what we're doing, but they don't. Yep. I mean, how (laughs) many times has someone said, I know you talked about this somewhere. Can you tell me where to locate that? So, okay. So if they're listening and they're like, I'm in, like, I want to jump on this and do this. Do you have any resources that I can include for them that can get them started with having that, maybe that first carrot, you know, to draw people into their list and then some help with that nurture sequence? Yeah. So I have two um, little freebies, which I'll combine together. So it's easier for them. So the first one is the free lead magnet template. So this is a Canva template and there's a couple of, when you open it up, you'll see there's a couple different versions of it that you can use. 
Um, but it just helps you get started kind of thinking about like how to create something that your audience will be interested in. And you'll see that it, it again, is just very short and sweet. It's nothing like too overdone. And then the second part is a five email sequence template. So these are five mm. kind of welcome email sequences that are customizable. So I've, I've written most of the text and I've left some spots for you to fill in sort of your and add in your own personality, your own branding, things like that. But it gives you a, a starting point to kind of implement this. And again, it's, it's great because then you just go into your email automation system and you can just automate it. So it automatically goes out. And I like to do it um, usually over the first two weeks. I don't want to do it every single day. I try to do like maybe every two days or maybe I'll skip weekends sometimes because not a lot of people open them on weekends. Um, but I try to do like the first email right away and then wait two days and then another email, maybe two days later so that it's not boom, 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 boom. And then they don't hear from you for a while if you're doing them mm -hmm. weekly. So I kind of spread it out a little bit like that. So, and that's all in that. I kind of go through all that in that free guide too. So I'll have that link for your oh, listeners to download. You guys, Merry Christmas to you. That's <laughs> awesome. That's going to be so, so helpful. Oh gosh. Okay, good. Well, what I want you guys to do is get the guide below and then make sure you take a screenshot of this episode and shout us out. I'm the gold digger girl on Instagram. Kendra, what is your Instagram handle? Um, it's all at, at girl means business. So Instagram, Facebook, podcast, all the things are girl means business. Oh, easy. Okay, cool. So tag us both so we can shout you out in our stories and then where, so if they're listening right now, they're like, I love, of course they're going to love you, but they're like, I want to, you know, be obsessed with her. Where's the best place to go? Is it your podcast or where should they go find you? So I, you can go to my website, girlmeansbusiness.com, and that's kind of where everything lives. And so okay. you can find, you can reach out to me through email. You can look at all like blog posts and freebies and favorite things. And then all the podcast episodes are there too. All the links to my socials are there. So that's kind of my home base. That's a good place to go. Okay. So in the show notes, this is syndicated. So depending on where, um, if you go in the show notes, you'll see the freebie link and then also, you'll see the website girlmeansbusiness.com. And then for whatever reason, if you get, if you can't get the freebie or something, just message me and I'll get it from her for you guys. Good. And uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for bringing the clarity and your inspirational story. I love that you just followed your heart and went for it because that's what this is all about. And us, you know, it takes a village to raise an entrepreneur. So we gotta, <laughs> gotta put our arms around each other. Yes. When we're navigating all of motherhood and business. So thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it. Thank you. This was so fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for listening. And as always, until next time, get lit in your business and set your soul on fire. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.